What's that? Kind of letting the cat out of the room. Oh, okay. Silly kids. Silly kids. Yeah, let's fucking. Yeah, I guess we'll just jump right into it then. Episode eight here now, trucking along, hoping to hit double digits here pretty quick. Uh, yeah, we don't have a lot of a last. We're going complete opposite last week. We had a kind of like researched topic all laid out, but this week I think we're just kind of lamenting the lack of live music in our lives these days. Sorry, I guess I could introduce myself. I'm Kale <laughs> here yeah. with my co-host. I'm Cam. Uh, yeah, no, I, I like what you had to say that. Like, I'm definitely fiending for uh, live music, which I actually did purchase tickets yesterday to my first online concert. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, which I, I'm actually, like, kind of excited about. It. Like, that shows you how shitty things have gotten. It's yeah, dude, like... I can't describe. I just did one of those live concerts right before Christmas, and I had a great fucking time. Yeah, no, I yeah. I definitely I might even take the night off of work, but we'll see. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm super excited for that. But yeah, anyways, we're just gonna. I don't know. I uh, to quote my mom, <laughs> she when I talked about just like seeing live music and finding a love for my live music, she kind of like said to me one time, just like, you should really like write down all the shows and artists you've seen because like over time, you're just gonna forget. And it's like cool to know what you, you've seen and what you've been through. And so I, I took that advice like quite a lot a while ago, like right kind of right at the like beginning stages of my interest for live music. And so, yeah, we're going to just kind of go over a, probably a good, I would say, 80% of the shows on my list. You've been with me. So mm-hmm, that'll yeah. help. And we'll talk about our early years and our introduction to live music and just go over like some of our favorite moments and yeah just that's kind stories. of just our love our shared love for live music and music in general and yeah, yeah. We'll just go with that we just want to bum everybody else out and have them thinking about all the good times they've had and how you can't do that right now <laughs> exactly yeah but honestly like reminiscing for some reason i feel like we as a friend group and maybe it's because like you're just chilling partaking having a couple drinks or smoking a bit and it's just like you get reminiscing and i feel like that gives you such a satisfaction still of that event that took place yeah it's not the same but it still makes you feel good yeah relive it yeah (laughs) vape and take a swig of your beer hell yeah your good old three o'clock beer Mm -hmm. right on bud this day's off baby i know it's my podcast juice (laughs) your podcast juice but yeah, anyway, so um, we'll get into the timeline piece first, or later, but we'll talk more like about just like our early years. Well, for I mean, me, any, yeah. 
Sorry, what? I was just gonna admit that like we already mentioned it once before, but yeah, that's that's a mark of shame I'll never shake. Is that my first like real show was Nickelback? Yeah, it was my first concert <laughs> as well. Might have might have been honestly my first two concerts. Yeah, probably. Um, I and I don't have the dates and everything for these early years. Oh, but no idea. I know. Then I was kind of introduced to like more so like I know we we also talked about this in the podcast at one point, but we were at a. Three of a Dead Man, Three Days Grace concert, mm-hmm. similar style, um, but then kind of that butt rock slowly faded into you introducing me to kind of I don't know I don't want to generalize all this music, but it was more metal, more hardcore, more like screamo kind yeah, of technical yeah. stuff, right? And then we discovered the venue of McEwen Hall in Calgary, which was probably I would say for a good two years was like the only venue we really went to for concerts pretty much that was the only place that people we were into could play right yeah and so i like i said i don't have the years but like i mean there was protest the hero several times oh yeah there was kill switch engage there was devil wears prada there was Alexis on fire, like we saw them pretty. I remember getting driven to Calgary by like parents to see that one. Oh yeah, same with like well, most of them. Gauge. Yeah. I think <laughs> a, a lot of those early ones were before we could drive. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I remember. I don't remember what concert, but I have a vivid memory of McEwen Hall, and I was like a little bit too. I don't know, I was too scared, I guess, to get right into the mosh, whereas I remember you were like, no, I'm going in, I'm going in. And you came you came out of the mosh, and you had gotten punched in the face <laughs> with bra- braces. Oh, I had braces, yeah. Ble- yeah, you're just bleeding everywhere out of your mouth. I'll vividly remember. I don't know what concert, do you remember what concert that I was? I remember, it was literally, it was Protesting Hero. Because I can remember it was like they were playing their new shit from Fortress and I was just so keyed up because I hadn't heard any of it before. I'd only heard their like first album. And yeah, I was like having a fucking time. And I can remember it was like, it's before you get into the real grindy mosh stuff and it's at the beginning when people are doing that stupid thrash dance shit from like the early, <laughs> like the mid 2000s. Yeah. And yeah, some dude, I mean, it's one thing when they're doing their thrash dancing, thrash dancing and you catch a blow. But this guy, I can specifically remember the strobes going. And I just see this guy standing, facing forward, turning around, seeing me, and then just full-on wallet, just punching me right in the mouth like some 15-year-old, 14-year-old kid. And yeah, my braces just embedded themselves in my lips. And I just like, I remember trying to pull them off of my braces. And then, yeah, that's when the blood started coming and I had to run to the fucking bathroom. And... Oh, God. And I, I think, I don't think it was at the same show. I feel like this one was at Kill Switch Engage. But we also had a friend... Who rolled his ankle in the mosh? Yeah, yeah. And his his and ankle kept was so swollen, like it was like doubled in size almost. Like, just... like does my ankle look swollen? And just, <laughs> yeah, you have a fucking softball <laughs> inserted yeah. into your shin, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, I I definitely remember those shows. Just and like I know we touched on this too, but like. I think one of the biggest reasons we love the shows is we would go even not even for like necessarily the main event and being such a small venue and like the merch stands, a lot of the bands would just chill at their merch stands afterwards. So you'd get to go get pictures and meet the band and get them to sign your stuff that you buy. Like it was pretty cool. That is probably the biggest credit to my, my early years of 
finding a love for music. I don't really remember, like, I know you probably seen a lot more other bigger shows. I know I didn't really go to bigger concerts then quite yet. Well, my parents definitely, like, instilled in me, like, that love of live music. Like, my parents have always liked going to shows. So, yeah, early on, even before I, that was even a thing that I would consider, like, I didn't really, I never, like, thought of going to see a band play live on my own kind of thing. My parents would just take me, like, we went and saw The Killers one time, and, like, I saw Judas Priest a couple times when I was, like, early teens, and that yeah, was, those were quite the fucking shows, but, um. Yeah, so it was, like, live music was always a thing that was, like, kind of cool, kind of fun, but, again, I'd only ever been at those, like, big stadium shows when you're sitting in a chair, and it, I kind of didn't really get the allure. Like, it was neat to see a band play stuff that you knew, but I didn't get the energy of being at a live show until we started going to those McEwen Hall ones and, like, being in a crowd, like, on, in standing room only and just, like, all, yeah, like, feeling like part of the mob vibe into the music together kind of thing, which is, like, it's some hippie shit, but... That is one of the coolest, like, communal experiences we have left is everybody experiencing, like, music together. I fucking love that feeling, and I miss it a lot, but... This is just a random thought, but I think it shows you how powerful, in some ways, like, the music is and seeing and experiencing it live. Yeah. Is all this talk that you're saying, too, is just, like, it's pre-any sort of um, consumption, right? Like, you're, it's not like you're yeah, drinking alcohol. It's not like you're, yeah... You know, like it's it, you were just enjoying. We were just enjoying the music. I mean, we, we couldn't even fucking drive then. So, um, yeah. And then I I remember like you got your license, and so then we started going to show solo with our trust from parents. And then I think our first summer of you having your license was when we were like, oh, we're going to work tour. Actually, I feel like the first we went time to work we went tour to work... once, getting a ride. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and that's kind of where. I guess the initial love for like a festival idea came from, I'm sure. Uh, I honestly like being from where we live, we don't really have the kind of festivals that we would want to see for music. Like you generally have to travel to see anything like that. Mm -hmm. So we weren't really exposed to that, but Warp Tour was an interesting realm of like similar genre of music that we had, we had got to see all, all in one. I think it was just one day though, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, everyone knows Warped Tour. Like, you're seeing your classic bands. And some of the same bands that I mentioned. But, I mean, we've seen lots of others. Like, trying to think of, like, names that we really enjoyed in those years. Oh, more like, Protest the Hero there we saw. More more <laughs> Protest the Hero. I Set My Friends on Fire. Yeah, that was I a fun one. Those guys. Alexis on Fire. Um, Actually, I do have to mention, that's one of the most original, like, dumb crowd crowd work things i've seen from a band is that i set my friends on fire wanted to see someone crowd surfing like literally surfing on someone so they like got the tallest guy they could find the widest guy and they're like okay everybody hold him up and now we need the smallest girl and then get her and then she's like standing on him like a surfboard as we pass this yeah, guy I around totally remember yeah. that. Oh, and i remember because it was they weren't very big um but i think they probably didn't realize the actual turnout they were going to get to that set it was at one of the smaller stages that was in a dirt area compared to the yeah. actual pavement of the, it was at Ray City Speedway, which is not a thing anymore in Calgary, but just a, literally like a circled oh, racetrack. Track. But this was just in a, like a, a 
like a dirt area and there was just dust fucking yeah. everywhere from people running and going crazy. Well, that was one of my first circle pits. So yeah, they got a circle yeah. pit going and all of a sudden just like, it just brings this column of dust rising out of the middle of it. And yeah. Nobody can see anything. Yeah, it was gross. Yeah, I remember that. Um, and then, yeah, like, I know there's more. I, did we see 303 is at a Warped Tour as well? Or was that just a solo show? I feel like I just we saw them at that one McEwen show. Yeah. I still I, remember I, I remember going from Katy Perry before. Yeah. Like, not long after I kissed a girl, like, before she became some superstar. It was, I'm pretty sure it was the summer of I Kissed a Girl. Yeah. And she released and Kissed a Girl in, like, early of that year and then that summer. Because, like, she didn't have anything. She, I mean, this girl blew up shortly after that. So, like, why would she be at a warp Tour realistically? Yeah, it was yeah, so we, strange. We all went from Katy Perry to protest. Yeah, I'll never forget that. It was like, shows the diversity of the Warped Tour experience for sure. Well, and to her merch and at the time too, like I remember one of our friends bought a shirt that said Katy Perry slept here. (laughs) Oh yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I know I'm missing a lot of bands. Probably a lot I, I don't fully remember to be honest. Like... Oh, there's so many. I remember, like, just random shit. Like, I remember uh, Reverend Peyton's Big Damn Band found them. Like, a weird, oh, like, yeah. bluegrass punk thing. Like, I don't know, they were fucking sweet. Yeah, I do remember them. Uh, we um, saw Broken Side, which is probably the worst fucking music to come out of the 2000s. Angels and Airwaves. Oh, I don't remember that. Shit. I, I remember them the one year. I, I remember not really caring. Full set. Just because yeah, I was mad at them about Blink, but... Yeah. Um... I feel like oh what was I know I only can remember like one song by them but they're was it a Treyu? Oh yeah oh no we saw a Treyu opening for uh, Avengers Sevenfold. Oh right okay yeah yeah and, and then cool if my Valentine wasn't there and we didn't know that till we got there. Right yeah yeah there was there was so many so many artists in those days and I feel like that they're generally summarized as kind of artists. Yeah, we didn't sure. get to go in the super earlier years, like probably the greater Warp Tour years. I feel like we definitely hit the last. Yeah, we caught it of, as it was dying, kind of. Yeah, but yeah. Anyways, from there, it, it it just evolved into occasional concerts, kind of thing. And then yeah. my timeline, I started in 2013, essentially because that was the last year before we had gone to an actual like big legit music festival. Yeah. And I'll remember it was it was probably the summer of twenty twelve or eleven. No, twelve. And we had discovered this festival called Sasquatch Music Festival at the Gorge Amphitheater in Washington. And it had a lineup I remember the lineup that year just had some of our favorite artists. Like Childish Gambino was there as like one of the biggest ones and I still have this regret. But like we were too young, we were too broke, and we realized yeah. there's no fucking way in hell we're gonna get to go to this festival. Yeah, we went to PAX instead. No. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um and yeah, twenty fourteen is when we first went to our first music festival. I do have in twenty thirteen though, actually right before that music festival. Uh, we did see Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was the Stampede Corral. The first time we've seen Queens. It's hard to believe, but I've seen Queens three times, which is just wild to me. That's um, crazy. So, yeah, and then 2014 was our first Sasquatch, and in my opinion, probably, I would argue, the most significant Sasquatch. When I tried to 
I don't know, just uh, when people ask like what music musicians you've seen live. Um, this is definitely the year I try to explain when it comes to a music festival, just because of the opportunity. Obviously, the biggest headliner was we we were part of we got to see like the reunion tour of Outcast, which I yeah, feel like was pretty fucking wild. on a significance of that, like that's pretty wild. Like, not many people our age had the opportunity to see Outcast. And take it for what it was. It was a little bit weird. I feel like I, I, I enjoyed it. They did a good enough time putting on a show, but the whole Andre 3000 thing was a little bit strange. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of a sucker for that when they do the weird performance art type shit, but yeah, it was, yeah. It was something. It, yeah, it, it was, I mean, I, I'll i vividly always remember just standing pretty decently close. We got a pretty good spot on the floor, not on the hill. For those who don't know the Gorge Amphitheater, an amazing venue. I literally recommend anyone who likes live music to go there you get an opportunity to have like the enjoyment of sitting on a hill but being right on the floor as well uh, in the cement in front of the stage and we chose to be on the floor for this one and there was just like a, a countdown there was just this cube that appeared with a sheet over this cube and you could see their silhouettes move as this like song was building up in the background and then all of a sudden like boom bombed bombs over big dad hits and fucking like they come out of this cube it was just insane like that was i'll always remember that but then yeah we also seen queens again that year um and then i i don't know if she was a headliner but i have her in the headliner slot for the third day that we seen too was mia yeah we only caught bit of it but i remember walking by like yeah that's a fucking crazy looking show i think we're on the way to tower the creator but yeah, Tyler was also that day. Now, do we have a, is this the Tyler story or is that a different year? Um, like this is the because th- would this have been Wolf? No. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, and then because I remember, yeah, because Domo twenty three played, and that's when it went insane. Because I've seen Tyler for Wolf, Cherry Bomb, and um, Flower Boy. Yeah, I only I didn't see him. I kind of fell off of him with the whole Cherry Bomb era. But. Oh well, Cherry Bomb is arguably his worst album. Uh, I only caught a snippet of his Cherry Bomb set at, at Pemberton, which we'll get to. And then what year? Like when we seen them at? Um, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. But when we seen him at uh, One Love, that was kind of also Wolf, was it not? Still? No, or I feel like Cherry Bomb would come out, but he hadn't done Flower Boy yet. Yeah, and then, yeah, there's there's a whole other piece to that that changed that show, too. But, yeah, just to mention a few names that we've seen this year, and if you, if you have any stories or anything you want to... Um, actually, one right right off the bat I have a story for is we got the first day we seen Chance the Rapper. And he yeah, was, was before wrong. he had blown up. And, yeah, I, I remember it being probably a, a huge, significant moment for me and when I talk about top shows, like it's up there, just, I, I don't know why I think just, it was like kind of emotional. Like he was just like so good. And then he did the Arthur theme song, which yeah. blew up to like number one on Reddit actually at the time. And, and yeah, we were there and I remember seeing so many videos and quite a few on YouTube of it. Cause it was a big deal. And you could see us in the back, like in, in the actual floor of the videos. Which was oh yeah. No, that was a really cool, I don't know, I mean, it's cheesy shit, but the whole, like, 
learn to love each other, you know, it was just really, it yeah. felt like, like some, like, Arm Woodstock shit, you know, everybody was just vibing and having a good time, and, and I think that's what Chance kind of brought then, especially with Acid Rap, like, it was before any, it, it was before he really blew up, he had really only had, um, what is it, 10 Day, is that his first album? Yeah, well, Acid Rap was over that point, and that's like... Yeah, no, Acid, yeah, and Acid Rap is what I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, to me, that's what I remember Chance to Rap as. I've kind of flown off on the Chance to Rapper train with his last two albums, but Acid Rap is up there for me for all-time favorites, and it was an unreal, um, unreal show. No, it was so good. Yeah, we seen Foster the People that day, too. I think they were before Outkast... And then the next day, we've seen our first Tyler, the Creator show, which I do have a story, on, a slight story on that one. I, I have these titles for just some stories just to try and remember. Uh, it's Ty, Tyler, Human Tidal Wave. Yeah, um, that was crazy. I just crazy. remember at being, like, talking about being at metal shows. Like, this was crazier than any metal show I'd ever been at because you had quite a wide range and probably a general younger audience um, also a lot of females and it was just like unreal to, and it wasn't like people were moshing. There was just this chaos of a, of a wave going side to side and yeah. people were literally falling on top of each other because they were getting pushed so much o- over. Like I remember falling several times, like landing on people around me. Yeah. It was awful. <laughs> hear people like crying because they're getting crushed by other people like wait you just, you could see it coming it was like people were like raising <laughs> up and all of a sudden you're like oh fuck and then you're falling over the <laughs> yeah. you get back up it's coming from the other way <laughs> exactly yeah but it was an amazing show my first chance to get to see get to seeing tyler's so like that was huge yeah, was um super fun. I've washed out that day too, which I remember we were big. Yeah, we just caught. I don't think we. It, yeah, we did got to see it all, but, and then, probably the big one of the bigger shows that I was really excited for was Kid Cudi, which I remember being like not amazed by. It, it was a good show. Yeah, it was but, solid. But yeah, that's our first Sasquatch experience, which. Yeah, I don't think a, everything will live up to that one too. It was like both the first like kind of festival where you're staying there for a whole weekend like camping and stuff like that and yeah i don't know it was i don't know if it was because it was the first time or if the vibe like the people going did change over the next few years but it was the most like i don't know it just felt so like i mean safe first of all you never felt like anybody was gonna fuck with you like i don't know everybody just seemed to be there to have a good time and like everybody was super open and yeah nice well from my understanding of sasquatch towards like i feel like 2014 was still is still even considered to be uh, a pretty meh year like it sounds like the festival evolved in a different direction which may appeal to some others but generally to those like original sasquatch um fans it they felt as though the festival had really gone in a, ba- a different direction over the years and it, i think it tried live nation tried to make it appeal to a wider range obviously makes sense more money but unfortunately it kind of took away from what sasquatch intended to be and what it originally was um so i feel like with 2014 it had already changed a bit but it still kind of had some of that original value and probably a lot of those original people attending the festival which probably did make it feel a bit older and a bit more safe 
um I, I i don't know we were so young then too and it was like our first time like i mean i know we had traveled by, by ourselves without parents and stuff like that definitely by then but we had it was definitely like a big venture for sure oh yeah and um yeah i i do remember that year as being quite a fun year that was good and that was kind of like the first kind of like when we were talking about all the McEwen hall shows i wondered how much we actually enjoyed those experiences and the music itself as much as it was just like, we feel like so much nostalgia for it because it was like the first time, at least for me, it was the first time I was deciding which shows I was going to go see. Like before I'd gone to live music and I liked it fine, you know, but it, it never felt like my experience. It was like just something I was tagging along with my parents for. So the McCune Hall stuff, like both being able to drive yourself, so going places with your friends on your own and then also yeah. getting to like see music that is your music kind of thing. I think mm-hmm. drove a lot of like how special those experiences were. But Sasquatch was definitely kind of the beginning of like doing that, but actually having music taste. <laughs> you know? Totally. Yeah. And then from there you have, um, yeah, I have like our, our, our sol- like solo shows in the sense of like not just music festivals in here. Mm-hmm. And that summer, um, I'll let you tell the story, but I have it written down as uh, the Danny Brown throwdown. <laughs> oh, yeah. Danny Brown in a in a small club. It's actually called. It was called Ten Night Club. Yeah, it's I believe it, it. It actually closed down like shortly after this concert because it got shot up or something. Yeah, there was a shooting there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, an amazing show. Such a small venue. But why don't you tell? Uh, <laughs> experience there. yeah i don't know i mean i was having a great time it was danny brown is fucking crazy live especially in such a small room um got to high five the dude that night that was sweet but <laughs> i'll never forget yeah so then i see everybody else smoking joints i'm like fuck it i can probably get away from it and get away with it and then um yeah we're just smoking the joint or whatever and then i pass it to i think it would have been you or one of our buddies and then they were just up. chiefing it not thinking and then went to hand it back to me and I just, like, went to grab it. And then, so I didn't even get to, like, haul off of it yet by the time I'm grabbing it. And all of a sudden, this hand comes out of nowhere. Because it's, like, a crowded place. And just smacks it out of my hands. And I look down. And I see their foot just stomp on it and, like, put it out. And I was just like, what the fuck, you asshole? Thinking it's just another patron. So I, like, instantly I follow the foot up the leg and kind of jump at the person. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you, you dick? And then just all of a sudden grabs me by the scruff of the shirt and just like, you're out of here. Get out of here. And, like, start trying to, like, take me down. Well, they did yeah, tackle I, me. I think he did tackle yeah, you. Yeah, right? because like... I, I came up seeing the foot stomping mad, yelling at him. And then inst- as soon as I yelled, all of a sudden, boom, I'm on the ground. This yeah. guy's got his, like, hands around my friggin' neck. And then, yeah, he, like, hauls me up. He's like, you're out of here. You're getting out of here. I was just like, okay, I'll walk out. And then, like, stop. And then he just, it took me being like, I'll walk out. Fucking leave me alone. Stop touching me. And then his other buddy's like, okay, he's fine, man. And then he let me go. And I just walked out. But, yeah, got kicked yeah. out for that. It was pretty brutal. But. And I, rem- I remember, I think, I don't know if it was the last song, but it was, like, the second last song. Like, you didn't you didn't miss I didn't much, miss much of it, Luckily no. for you. Um, no, I'll still yeah. never forget. There's a, I forget which song it is. It's a horrible line. But at one point he says, uh, bitch pussy tastes like Cool Ranch Doritos. And as soon as he said that, this chick out of her purse pulls like a family-sized Costco bag of Doritos Cool Ranch and he shakes it at him and he looks and grabs it and just tears it open and all of a sudden there's <laughs> fucking Cool Ranch Doritos raining down on the crowd. 
Oh god, yeah. I'll an image burned that. in my brain. But... Yeah, that was that was a great night. <laughs> a fantastic night. Yeah, I'll never. I wore my every time I die shirt, and like three separate people like. It was weird. Like half the time, they're like making fun of me, and then the other half, they're like, "Oh, respect!" Like, why the fuck are you wearing a weird hardcore shirt to a rap show? <laughs> I'll also remember being out in like the outdoor smoke pit, and um, before he came on, and they, I, we were talking to a group of dudes who have gone to like they were going to show. They were probably from Calgary, and they went to shows there often. But they were at ten, like a couple weeks prior to that, and Run the Jewels was there. Not yeah. advertised as Run the Jewels. They were out. They was before they were called Run the Jewels. They were just themselves together. Like yeah. it was just LP and Killer Mike. That's crazy. Um, and I was just like, like it was before we really even knew them. But like I just I, I vividly remember that, which was kind of crazy. Well, and then they told a story about how Action Bronson and Danny Brown were supposed to have been there like a year prior, but Danny got turned around at the border. Oh uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I have for 2014. I don't know, like, uh, if I'm missing anything. I'm pretty sure for me, I'm not. But I think 2014, I saw some shows with Char. We were seeing uh, Vance Joy and um, who was it? Young the Giant. Young oh the yeah, Giant I remember you guys going to that show. Yeah, but Vance Joy was sick, and that was definitely like I had been, yeah, like a rap and hardcore kid for the whole time. Like, if the music doesn't make me want to punch things, I don't want to listen to it. And that was kind of the beginnings of me kind of learning to sit with a little less high energy music and enjoy the more subtle yeah. side of things. So, um, with that year, what what venue was that at? That was at McEwen. Which is crazy because like I remember going to a concert, which I'll get into later, at um, Rogers Place in Edmonton, and Vance Joy was playing there. Like, oh wow! That guy's. I was like, what? Like I. I only really know Riptide, so I'm just yeah, like most people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just kind of shocked. Um, so yeah, that's the, is that all you have extra then for 2014? Uh, as far as I can remember, my my memory yeah. is mush. But so yeah, 2015 was a huge year too. Um, we I remember we decided to uh, try out this new festival that we unfortunately in 2014 didn't get to go to. We had already committed to Sasquatch, and I actually didn't even know that much about Pemberton Music Festival at that point. But then all of a sudden, I heard about it afterwards and kind of almost regretted why we didn't get to go to Pemberton Music Festival, especially for me, because Frank Ocean was that year, yeah. and I still haven't got to see that motherfucker. Um, but we went to Pemberton in, instead of Sasquatch in 2015. I believe the Sasquatch lineup for us at the time wasn't what we thought it would be great. And then I remember like looking and maybe we can put it up or we can even pull it up ourselves because it might help us. But I remember like looking it back afterwards. I'm like, why the fuck didn't we go to Sasquatch in 2015? I'll pull up the image here. Or sorry. Oh, you mean 2016? Oh, I have the years wrong. Yeah, I'm all confused. Oh, I see. It splits it here. Um, 2015. Oh, yeah, 2016. So 2015, we went to both then, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, which that's crazy, too, because, like, I mean, they're only, like, two months apart. So in two months, we go to, like, arguably two of the biggest music festivals in some ways. Yeah, yes, like it's not a Coachella. But... Yeah, but, yeah, in the Northwest, for sure. Um, 
so yeah, in 2015, then we go to Sasquatch to start, which was a huge year. I definitely, a, like, you can tell by the lineup alone, a changed year to kind of the direction they were going mm-hmm. into appealing to. Their biggest headliner and pull that year was Kendrick Lamar, um, which was obviously, we'll get to that. But um, And then you had, like, some interesting pulls too, though. Like, you had, like, Robert Plant, which I remember being super excited about. Um, in in hindsight, it, like, it was, as much as it was cool and, like, yeah, I got to say that we've seen Robert Plant, it wasn't quite what I expected. No, I remember. wasn't that great. Um, but, yeah, like, well, I guess we'll kind of go by day for that. So, like, the first day, and this one has a big story on it, is we've seen Action Bronson. Yeah, oh, um, yeah that was wild. And I, I have that as the Bronson Storm, which was insane. I remember it was a pretty nice day, and then kind of right as we were in the crowd, because we were quite early for a Bronson, because we were big fans. Mm-hmm. We were right on the barrier. From what I remember, maybe like a person in front of us, kind of thing, and this these clouds just started rolling in, and the wind started picking up, <laughs> like, and it was like holy shit, like, and then there was a bit of thunder and lightning. It started to rain a bit, and then I think he was on at this point, but they started like lowering the screens on each side because the screens were like swaying around, and freaking just Bronson rocked it an amazing set and I had heard a lot of mixed reviews on Bronson live so like I was a little bit like nervous to see what it was going to be like because I've heard he's kind of can be lazy at times and when he is he just doesn't put on a great show but he killed it man like he no, I remember it just being time. such a good show and then just the experience of just like watching the stage like sway around and it feeling like it might at any point just fall fall right (laughs) onto us was like wild in itself and like even action made like some comments a few times like holy fuck and like it was was wild i'll vividly remember him coming back like with the plate of spaghetti and just mowing down yeah from the back just eating pasta yeah yeah. and then at one point he after the song, he came out and just started tossing weed into the crowd. Cause I forgot it about that. He was weed throwing of weed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, that was an amazing show. I vividly remember that one. And then it's interesting because 2014 Sasquatch, I personally don't remember the tent. I don't know if the tent didn't exist that year or if we just didn't really go to shows that year. In no, it definitely did. We went to a lot of the stand-up in there. Oh, right. Maybe, maybe, or maybe only stand-up. I think it was only comedy. But then Sasquatch 2015, we discovered, and I think it was also probably went with our kind of our beginning love of electronic music. Because mm-hmm. I remember hating electronic music, like, for a, a longest time. But um, we went to K Trinata in the tent, or K Trinata. I don't know how you per- person. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it was, I remember it being a wild show. Um, oh, yeah. And then we see Mother Mother that day, too, and then Flume. Well, yeah. Well, Run the Jewels was after Action Bronson. No, Run the Jewels w- was on the last day. Because we had to run from uh, Kendrick Lamar right to Run the Jewels. I remember that being a big thing. Like, we had to fucking book shit to get to Run the Jewels. And that's why oh. we were pretty... That's why we were pretty far back at Run the Jewels. Gotcha. Well, I just remember because I think it must have been after action then where um, uh, Charlie lost her phone. 
Yes. And then it some was. random lady was calling my phone, and then yeah, but just because I remember then we ate um, a bunch of edibles, which is like probably one of the first few times I did that for Flume, and that was like one of the most memorable concert experiences for me for Flume. Sure. For flume yeah and yeah. we were so fucking far back so we, far back we, we had this field like we had a lot of room so i remember just vibing like having room to dance around yeah just dancing shit. around and just and and i'd only knew like a few songs from flume at that point until yeah i remember that disclosure remix of his yeah uh, you and me or whatever yeah that one really that and one that hit lord, pretty hard lord remix too yeah yeah royals or whatever yeah um but yeah and then the next day um yeah we like we spent a lot of time in the tent because we've seen odessa and kezia or keza oh yeah um Calvary well i was like half sleeping on the side of a hill for kezia but no she was in the tent yeah i know but like the hill like right where like the really small the smallest stages oh, really i, yeah, I have we videos like, of me just vibing in we the were tent. like past that on a hill just like listening oh, to yeah. her from far away yeah I remember we see, and then we had uh, Dilated Peoples that day, which was, was really in the cool. day. I remember that being a really cool set. I vividly remember them bringing this kid from the floor up to, like, rap with them, and he just killed it. Like, the crowd just was really vibing with him. And then we seen Chromio on the hill, which was a cool set, too. That was cool, too. I remember for Dilated Peoples, because they were using, like, all actual records for a lot of their, like, keys and yeah. mixing. That they had to like move their entire setup to like under the shade because the sun was literally melting the fucking records. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, man, it was so hot. And then this was also their first year of trying four days. Oh yeah. And um, so yeah, day three we seen Milky Chance. Um, subtract another DJ artist, and then one of my all-time favorite sets this day because we were also like right up front with james blake yeah it was a pretty wild show just an amazing live performer i appreciate any sort of artist that doesn't just play their track and then perf- sing or perform i i love when they can break down the track like he had i believe two other people and they literally looped and built all of the songs yeah every song scratch, from scratch which cool. just Oh my god, man! Like that on a live level just makes me appreciate an artist so much. Yeah, well, the best is when it just sounds like kind of new noise, like it's just like a new jam session, and then all of a sudden it comes together, and then you recognize it, like that that moment of recognition, yeah, recognition when you pick up. Oh, they're making this song! Holy shit! It's the it's such a fucking cool feeling. And then yeah, we seen the double headliner that night. Um, on the hill was Lana Del Rey and then Robert Plant. Yeah, which cool. I, I remember enjoying both. Like, yeah, it was it was a good it was a good night to take a break and sit on the hill. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then this is why I remember this day. I remember the last day, the fourth day. We were scared because it was four days, so we were already like, "Fuck!" Remember last year, like day three, we were so tired. This is four days, and then the fourth day was literally a marathon Jet for us hot, because yeah. we had to go. We went from Absol to Schoolboy Q at the main stage, then to, uh, then I maybe we had a break, and then I remember we went to Tame Impala, that and then cool. Kendrick Lamar, and then had to run back from Kendrick Lamar because then Run the Jewels did the night set, or it might have been vice versa. I can't remember if it was Run the Jewels then Kendrick Lamar or Kendrick Lamar then. Run so the we Jewels. had to run to Kendrick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I mean, and then. 
I don't know, at one point in time, we also were in the tent for Slow Magic, which was in a fucking that amazing was a really session. cool show, too, yeah. Oh, I remember loving that. Him getting out his big old drum was pretty sweet. Yeah. It definitely makes it feel like it taps into that tribal bullshit. <laughs> Everybody mm. dance around the fire. Oh, it was so cool. Yeah. Um, Run the Jewels, I, some things I remember. Like, I remember the Kendrick Lamar set we were really disappointed with. He'd released uh, To Pimp a Butterfly that year. And through understanding it afterwards, I guess he had already confirmed Sasquatch prior to the release of To Pimp a Butterfly. So they actually, there was like some sort of clause that prevented him from playing the album at the, at the festival, I yeah. think, or something I think like he that. might have played one song. Yes, I think he only played one song, and then he played Good Kid, Mad City um, like five times, which I think was also annoying to us. Too. Oh, like the song Mad City, yeah, he played Mad it City, over yeah. and over, yeah. Which, don't get me wrong, I love that song, but then he brought up a dude, and then he was like, well, I brought a dude up, I should bring a girl up. To rap the first verse, yeah. And then, and then he I played it again, it. and then he played it again because we weren't hyped enough, and then it was just like, yeah. holy fuck, dude. Yeah, it, that was a bit frustrating. Um, but I remember loving the Schoolboy Q set and the Absol set. Yeah, those were fun. And the Run the Jewels thing, I remember <laughs> vividly that their stage was black because... Um, freaking what's lp and killer mike killer mike had his arm broken he was in a sling oh so yeah I, for whatever reason I, I don't know if they just didn't want us to really see that but they didn't really have really any light on them yeah, like, right. they really were just silhouettes against, like, which was light. fine like it didn't really matter no, it was but, a cool show yeah it was an awesome show um and then yeah that year like we got to see a lot of double artists like we went from a month or a month and a half, two months later to Pemberton, which was an interesting experience. Not that this is about live music, but it's about the festivals themselves. I remember just, I mean, it was cool that we were going to a festival in Canada. Mm-hmm. We had also planned to go to this festival with 13 other people yeah. in a convoy, which will be probably my biggest take and memory from anything to do with live music was this year was that that festival just because it was so cool it also pemberton brought a really interesting um thing to the table with your camping being right next to the venue it's not no, like that was awesome you're at the venue for the day so like you could take a break and go back to your site um and with 13 people, chances are someone's going to be at the site, or chances are you just run into someone at the at the shows, like, which was so cool, like, to have that. Um, but yeah, I also remember us being pretty picky on it because uh, we also were exposed to something that was done so well and been done for so many years, like Sasquatch, and realizing how chaotic something like Pemberton was. Mm-hmm. Um, they made you walk a couple kilometers with all your camping gear yeah. from where you park your vehicle to where you actually camp, which was a goddamn nightmare. Yeah. I think it was like six hours of just walking with your shit. <laughs> yeah. And sadly, I don't remember any, or sorry, I don't, not that I don't remember, I don't have any memories as I lost my phone on that. Oh yeah. To Forgot the campground. I was wearing some big ass like Nike gym shorts and I thought I slid it into my pocket and missed the pocket, hit the ground. I later found the phone in Lost and Found, smashed to pieces. <laughs> but yeah, another four day festival and just so many memories. I remember the first day is kind of like a half day they did it. Yeah. Um, I have that day. I mean, it was headlined by J. Cole, 
which was my first opportunity to see J. Cole. Yeah, he was pretty tight. And it's really cool how they do it, and I feel like a lot of artists probably love playing Pemberton because unlike Sasquatch, where kind of the view is for um, the viewers of the concert, because you're viewing off of it, Pemberton kind of does it's like everyone's looking at the stage anyway, so let's put the biggest stage, best stage, viewing to this beautiful mountain view. I remember J. Cole just being fucking amazed by just like looking at this and his visuals on his boards, like the whole set was just so good. Um, and then honestly, like for me being that we had 13 people, when there wasn't a diehard artist like I needed to go see, I remember popping around so much. Like I have names, but mm-hmm. I know I didn't see full sets. Like I know Bass Nectar was that day, which one of our friends was really into him. So I went with him and I think I seen a good chunk of it, but I know I wasn't there for the time mm-hmm. same with flux pavilion and another dj artist which flux their tent, by the cool. way was so cool too like it wasn't really even a tent but their yeah, it was massive venue thing was really interesting i remember seeing jeezy in there oh, yeah. that day. and boss who's also signed to uh, j cole's label and then day two um was headlined at least for us, like I have him in the headliner slot, was Weezer. Oh yeah, yeah, that was cool. Which I remember loving that. Uh, you had you seen Weezer before that? I never had no. No. Which was cool. Like it was a really cool nostalgia show because uh, obviously, I mean, I, I know you were a pretty big Weezer fan. Yeah, I was, was decently, but like for sure, it was more during those early years. I didn't really know too much of their newer music. Yeah, well, you don't need to, but. <laughs> and then we had hopped around. I know I've seen snippets of fucking Alice Cooper, Ludacris. Alice Cooper traumatized um, me. <laughs> R.L. Grime, STS9, De La Soul. The whole set, and probably, again, one of my top sets I've ever been to is the Flatbush Zombie set. Yeah, that was another one comparing it to, like, you think, like, hardcore metal crowds are crazy. Well, Flatbush was yeah. pretty wild. Well, and I also remember, I think, I probably had some confidence in myself at these compared to when I was a bit younger and I actually kind of partaked in the moshing of this and it was nuts. I got my ass knocked to the ground. Oh yeah. But like, it was also way more friendlier. Like the, I, instantly a dude like picked me right up. And oh yeah, like, for sure. I remember you running through the crowd to touch, um, was it Eric or, or was Meech? Yeah. And fuck. <laughs> I grabbed a handful of his dreads. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. That was terrifying. But it was fun. I, I also remember you not sober one bit during no. that, that show at no. all. I was on another level. Um, yeah. Uh, and then episode... Or episode... <laughs> day three. <laughs> um, episode three. Day three was headlined by the Black Keys. That was a really good show, too. I remember that. Black Keys yeah. put on a really good fucking... Yeah, I, I, again, another artist I only knew kind of a few of their bigger songs, but they were really good. Uh, we seen Kid Cudi again that day, which I think I remember this set being a lot better than the Yeah, one. oh yeah. Uh, we seen Run the Jewels, which also was a lot better at Pemberton, I think, than, than Sasquatch from what I remember. I think both yeah. were fine. It was kind of weird because, like... It was at like one in the afternoon or something, so it was like oh, really? nobody was quite ready to get in the mindset you need to be for a Run the Jewels concert. So I think both oh, crowd not. and performer were kind of 
Maybe Sasquatch was better then because it was late. I remember it being. Yeah, I think the Sasquatch one was better for sure. Uh, And then we've seen What's So Not, which is an artist we've seen quite a few times. Um, Charles Bradley, rest in peace. Yeah, R.I.P. That was a fucking sweet show. Yeah. And Droffage, I remember seeing at one of the smaller stages as well. Yeah, yeah. He was another one that was a little too early in the day to really be on the level he needed to be. That was my complaint about Pemberton, actually, throughout the two years that I did go there, was the time slots. And and day four will have another thing with that. It was headlined by Kendrick Lamar, which was by far the way better set comparing... Kendrick Lamar at Pemberton to Sasquatch. Oh, yeah. It was more intended to be to Pimp a Butterfly, so he played more of to Pimp a Butterfly. But he still played all the classics from before that. Jack U, which was an amazing set. I don't know if you got <laughs> to Jack U, but yeah, I, I saw most of it. But... Such a good time at that. For those who don't know Jack U, Diplo and Skrillex. And then Earl Sweatshirt was <laughs> probably the most disappointing set of the entire Well, he was another one that was, like, way too fucking early. Yeah, it was 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And he was, like, he, making fun of the crowd. That was yeah. fucking hilarious. And then just ended up playing songs off of a fucking Yeah, iPod. he ended up just being, like, a hype man playing tracks that he liked, yeah. But even um, that, I think he's like, oh, you guys don't care about me. You just want to party. Fine. Here you go. Like, he was just, like... Yeah. It was funny. Which, uh, he got redemption later in, in my life, and we'll get to that, but yeah. that this, I was I had a pretty bad taste in my mouth for overall. Especially because, like, I mean, we, we there was years where it's like, we we loved fucking oh, yeah. Odd Future. Like, we were huge Odd Future fans, so. Um, churches, uh, an amazing That's set. Cool. I, I love churches. And then, yeah, I think I went to Zed's dad and ASAP Ferg. Um, yeah, there's a couple there. I remember Billy Talent played and I caught some of it, and I was actually pleasantly surprised. I, 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 I remember when they played, but I went to something else instead. I, I couldn't tell you what's on here. It was like, it was mixed between, because I went from there from Portugal to Man, and that was pretty oh, fucking okay. sweet to see them because i remember they played uh day man from always sunny in philadelphia oh fuck! they played that track there it, it was pretty funny and then i remember a pleasant surprise from them because i know we did see some of missy elliott too oh yeah but we skipped the first half of her to see matt and kim and that was actually like one of the smaller more high energy like good times i had well, Char's a big Matt and Kim fan, right? Yeah, well, I had, like, shown her them from, like, I don't know. They were big on, like, I remember when my parents had satellite radio. They'd be on the Alt Nation station all the time. Oh, okay. No, they're pretty fun. Uh, this is weird, but I always get Matt and Kim mixed up with she and him, which is Zoe oh, Deschanel's band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but... Yeah, pretty good um, vibes, but... Uh, this sounds lame with the Missy Elliott thing. I seen a song of Missy Elliott and then I left to see <laughs> Zed's Dead, which is nice. weird. <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of people would judge me on that, and I I totally understand that. Um, but it it was it was good. So that's Pemberton first year, and then the next year we have. Yeah, that's it for 2015 for me. I just have the two festivals apparently. Yeah, I don't know. My, again, my I'm sure I'm missing too, a concert in there, but too mushed to really. Uh, 2016 has, in my opinion, one of my all-time favorite concerts. Um, we've seen M83, 
at Green Eagle Casino. Yeah, no, that was incredible. I, yeah, I don't know. That, I, I guess my biggest regret with M83 is not getting to see them when the Hurry Up, We're Dreaming album was released. Like, seeing yeah. that concert, we've seen it for, is it Junk? Is that Junk, the name yeah. of it? Which, they still played songs from Hurry Up, We're Dreaming, but it that album is just, I would love to just see them perform that album start to finish. Oh, yeah. That album is such a story in itself. And Junk is great, but it had a very different vibe. Yeah. Dancey, upbeaty vibe, which is great, too. And it, I think it helped with a good live show. Yeah, it was a fun time. It was also our first show at Grey Eagle, which has grown to be one of my kind of little venues I really quite enjoy. Yeah, it's I've sweet. seen a lot of really good shows there now. Um, And then Pemberton 2016, you were not at. No. Nope. That with a few other friends. I was not there. Um, and it was, it was an interesting year because you went from going from Pemberton 2015 with 13 people to Pemberton 2016 with four people, um, and yeah, it, I, it wasn't the same. But I also seen some of my artists that are on my bucket list, like of artists I needed to see. I got to see Purity Ring for the first time, which was awesome. Nice. Um, I've seen like some artists I'll mention as well that weren't that great, but Snoop Dogg was cool, but was not a good show. <laughs> um, we've seen Hippie Sabotage, which was a really good show. Um, Joey Badass, The Killers, uh, The Chainsmokers were actually pretty awesome. Uh, Chrome Sparks was amazing. That would be cool. Borns was awesome. Um, and then the biggest headliner was Pearl Jam, which was, I'm not like, I like Pearl Jam, but they're kind of a bit before my time in the sense yeah. of like really appreciating them. I enjoyed their show though. Yeah, they're good I, live. I seen Tyler um, and Vince Staples. And I'd love then, to see Vince, fuck. Yeah, well, we've, we've seen him for a snippet. Remember? What was that at One Love? No, at our solo Sasquatch. Oh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. you and me. We've seen, we had to leave him because, they again, I hate when festivals do this. They overlapped him with Tyler. Seems strange, yeah. Yeah. And then SZA, which was, for me, up in my all-time favorite things. I broke off from the group. I remember SZA was performing the same time as Ice Cube, which again is a weird overlap for me. Yeah. Um, but I did not give a shit about missing Ice Cube because SZA is probably arguably one of my favorite female vocalists of all time. Like I just love her and her music, and I was front row for that shit, jamming every song with her. Like I I love that set so much. Nice. And we also got to see the Funk Hunters, which were pretty cool. Um, and then. Later that year, we went to One Love together for the first One Love, which was amazing. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, it was cool to see an actual legit festival with interest for us that was local, being just in Calgary. A uh, hip-hop festival, that, which honestly, in my opinion, like looking at the lineup, it was a stacked lineup. Mm-hmm. So we've seen day one was Big Sean, Janae Iko, Atmosphere, and Action Bronson, which, awesome. I mean, can't go wrong. Yeah, well, it was good for me, too, because, like, I listened to Atmosphere a lot in high school and, like, kind of forgot they existed. 
Yeah. And then seeing them again there at One Love, I've been back on their shit. It, they're so good. And it was good for me because I didn't know them that well. I knew you guys jammed them, so I knew a few songs. But it was like, holy fuck, they're really good live mm-hmm. performers. Um, I had also really liked Janae Aiko. Um, she wasn't the best live, but I, I do I like her. Big Sean, I'm not a huge fan of, but he has some big titles, and it was it was a fun show from what I. Yeah, and their little collab thing, because they ended up coming out together. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean they're they're a couple, like they're dating still. Oh really? I didn't know that. And they've released an album, if not two, together. And then Action Bronson, again, it's unfortunate. It was still sunny out, so it didn't have the same vibe as Sasquatch. But he had also released an album since then. Because he had released mm, uh, Mr. Wonderful, yeah, Mr. Wonderful, which was a great album, like, yeah. And so that was cool to see those songs. And then day two was Tyler the Creator, um, ASAP Ferg, and Earl Sweatshirt. I believe there was a, another artist that day that somebody oh, yeah. else in there. Um, which, on a nostalgia level for me, was something that we unfortunately missed the opportunity to see Tyler and Earl in the days of Odd Future and in the days of, like, Earl Wolf and stuff like that. And they said it themselves when Tyler brought Earl out. They hadn't performed any of the songs that they performed for us for three years, which it was just... I mean, we expected it to happen. They're on the lineup the same day. Like, it'd be yeah. weird if they didn't, but it was still so... Yeah, so I was ready for them to not, though, you know? like Yeah. Well. I, I, I'll still remember Orange Juice coming on and just the crowd yeah, and like you and me mind, were just yeah. so freaking ready for that. Like so it was good. so good. Um, and yeah, that's that was our first One Love experience, which was a fantastic festival. And then I actually have a few other solo shows that year, which we were both at. We went to What's So Not in Banff, the Dancing Sasquatch. That was a fun fucking show. Great show. And I think it was, I think what made it so great was it was like a first show I went to in Banff, which, I mean, it's weird to think that that venue is that fun, but it was so fun. It was sick. My first exposure to the dancing Sasquatch, having time machines. Yeah. Um, which are energy drinks. What is it? Yeah, it's like the Monster Ultra Sunrise orange energy drink with uh, two shots of peach schnapps and a shot of vodka. Yeah. Oh my God. Pretty fucking wild. I just remember everybody, like, jumping in time to that music and, like, the venue's old enough that you could, like, feel the floor bowing with each, like, jump. Yeah. Like, you could literally feel the building shaking with everybody moving, but... Well, and I remember that summer, Stranger Things came out, and he did a Stranger Themes remix, which I remember loving the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was so cool. That was pretty dope. And then in October, we seen Purity Ring, which was awesome because it was literally the same set that I had just seen at Pemberton. But um, one of our good friends, Ryan, who um, hopefully you guys get to meet soon, uh, was uh, not feeling too good the night of Purity Ring at Pemberton. So um, he tagged along for this journey. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Which nice. Was good. Yeah, yeah no, that is good shit. I yeah, know. no, it was, a, it was a great set. Um, I think this might be just not that it has zero relevance relevance to music, but uh, I think we should maybe take a little break here because I'm about to pee my pants. But um, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll arbitrarily mark this. That was our pre-Trump music experiences. Now we'll get into the, the post-Trump <laughs> era. Okay. Right. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, we'll come back and uh, music in the time of fascism after this. No. <laughs> <laughs> we 
we know we'll be into it most of the night because it is only through Unless, was there any 2016 shows that you did on your own that you have? I mean, not that I can remember. I remember seeing a bunch of random shit when I was at State that year. Right. Like, I remember I saw, I think Cowpuncher was there that fall in 2016. That was a good fucking show right before they broke up. Cowpuncher? When did you go travel to Vancouver to see Lord Huron? Oh, that would have been earlier. That would have been like 2015, probably. Oh, okay. That was a really cool experience, though. Just at the Vogue Theater there in, on uh, Granville, Granville Ave, Granville Street, whatever the fuck. Well, it's crazy, too, because not like we were judging you, but I do remember, like, holy fuck, you're driving all the way to Vancouver to see this band, and we were like, we never heard of it. And then, like, that was just, like, the peak of, like, them. Or not the peak, but, like, that start of them just, like, kind of. Yeah, getting all, big, all yeah. Up. It was right when they released Strange Trails, which is probably still my favorite album of theirs, but. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 2017, I have um, the first show, like speaking of the Sate thing, this goes into the Sate. It was one show that I joined you, um, was Son Real. We went and see Yeah, him. that was actually really cool. Because yeah, he would I... only have been like a joke to me, like a couple tunes that were kind of goofy. Like I never really thought much of him, but he, he put on a pretty good show. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got a, I, I remember being a big fan of him. This is going to be weird, but. I played a lot of prop hunt on Gary's mod. Gary's and mod. I yeah. remember there was a meme thing or whatever you'd want to call it, where one of those songs of him that would always play when something happened. I can't remember, but it would always play. And then I got into him because I'm like, "What is this?" And then I think it was everywhere I go. Or yeah, everywhere I go. And then the yeah. music video was a, is, was its own thing, which was fucking funny. hilarious. And then I just got into him as an artist. And yeah, it was a great show, like super intimate. That's a great venue too, the Gateway. Despite just being a shitty little bar, it's it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it was super nice. So, um, and then we went to Mother Mother and Cape Play and Beach Season at the, the Jubilee Auditorium that year as well. Oh, which... I forgot about Beach Season. They just came up randomly, like on one of my Spotify algorithms. I was like, I feel like I've heard yeah. these guys before. I actually <laughs> haven't listened to them in forever either. I remember getting. I remember they had a single that was quite popular. I got into them, and then we've always been big Mother Mother fans, especially Char kind of got us more into, or mm-hmm. into Mother Mother. Um, and then, yeah, I remember that, and so it was, it's like, holy shit, uh, I like Beach Season as well, and we also really liked K-Flay. Um, so, yeah, it was. A, I remember it being a really cool show, and, I mean, an amazing venue. Like, I'd never been to the Jubilee before other than yeah. with the Nutcracker when we were in high school <laughs> band yeah. class. So, yeah. Um, it was cool to see like artists we actually like. I remember we got really good seats for it too. Yeah, like we were on. It sounds like, so good in the Jubilee. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. Like you, you miss out on that like collaborative everybody dancing together in a crowd thing, but the acoustics are so fucking good. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> uh, me and Char went to uh, oh, City, yeah. <laughs> City in Color here in Lethbridge at the Eights Theater. For those who don't know, I I am a huge City in Color fan and. He announced this solo tour where he, um, yeah, he was going to play at the Yates, which is like a super small venue. 
here in Lethbridge and just play a bunch of his older songs and newer songs, but just all acoustic. And I was like, well, I'm going to probably pick up to you. I'm sure I'll get a friend to go. And then I picked up to you and I got on there right when they came on sale and I had seat one and two row A. So literally the best two seats I think you could probably get. Like, I guess any of those seats are probably just as good on that row, but center <coughs> um, front row. And which was crazy because it sold out in minutes. I remember so many people getting so angry and I ended up with those. And then it was like, then it was like this weird decision of like, how, like, who do I bring with this extra ticket? I didn't have a girlfriend at the time because that would have been a great show to bring a date to. And my buddy Alex was going to school in Edmonton and it was like finals week. So he couldn't come down for that. And I was like, you want to come? And then you were like, yeah. And then, and then shortly before you like messaged me and you're like, this is going to sound weird, but I mean, I like singing color, but Char's just such a huge singing color fan. Would you be cool if you just, you and Char went? And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, that. let's do it. And I, I loved that. Like, it was, it was such a cool, cool time with Char. And like, it was such an amazing show. Like, to see my, probably arguably one of my top three favorite artists like that up and close and personal and like where I'm living like I don't know it was it, it's definitely my, one of my top shows I've ever been to that's pretty sick because I definitely like I do like him but yeah it sounded like such like for a fan of his it was such like a different experience from a normal one of his shows and I was like I can't be the one to take this opportunity yeah yeah no. I mean, I wish I was able to buy three and then I could have just third wheeled the show, but holy fuck, man, it was, it was unreal. And then that year, so I'll put this into context too. So you were living in Calgary at this point in that year. You were still going to state that, that year or what? Yeah. Like, uh, 2017 and the earlier part of the year was the last yeah. year. Yeah. So I remember money was tight for you and Char. Money was tight. It seemed like with a lot of friends. But in December, Sasquatch announced Frank Ocean is headlining Sasquatch this year. And we're going to do a pre-sale. And I was like, well, I, again, for those who don't know, Frank Ocean is my all-time favorite artist. There's no way in hell I can miss it. It's at my favorite venue. I bought a pre-sale ticket in December. And I had a lot of, like, kind of maybes from a lot of friends. And they wanted to know more of the lineup. And... Um, uh, basically from there it was, uh, we just, I don't know, like the lineup came out and I was super into it at the time. It was Frank Ocean, 21 pilots and chance the rapper as the headliners, which were probably three of my most listened to artists. So like, it was just kind of wild. The rest of the lineup though, I think in some ways was lacking. I'll be completely honest. Uh, I know you were like really wanting to, but then decided just money was too tight and, then two weeks out when I had fully committed, I was doing my first solo music festival. Frank Ocean cancels. Of course. <laughs> uh, which was probably uh, one of the most heartbreaking moments for me. Honestly, man, I remember seeing so upset because I had already had to like come to terms with the idea that this was going to be my first full solo trip. Um, then like, like it's it's an eight hour drive to this place and so and then but it was to see my favorite artist and i wasn't even gonna get to do that but <laughs> it's funny because previously talking about like the roots of sasquatch and the diehards of sasquatch they replaced frank ocean with lcd sound system which is 
arguably um i had heard in previous conversations via like um, messaging boards and stuff that I was on yeah, to about Sasquatch nerds, that LCD sound system had played previously at Sasquatch and it was considered to be one of the all-time greatest sets of Sasquatch ever so it, I mean that that was cool that it was and I, unfortunately it's not an artist like I'm like a band that I'm super familiar with I only really have ever like jammed to one song by them um, but I was still excited nonetheless so yeah um, long story short I embarked on my first solo trip solo um show and it was amazing an amazing time nice um i was nervous but it was, it was i like had to kind of push myself out of the comfort zone i feel like for the most part like being going with like a group of people every time it's like you kind of were able to just ignore most people yeah you made subtle connections every now and then but i forced myself to you know like go and introduce myself to my neighbors I remember my neighbors on the one side were all these eight, freshly 18-year-old kids that just graduated high school from Portland. And so it's in the States, so they, they couldn't afford liquor. So I helped them buy liquor and uh, nice. just chilled with them, jammed with them. They, they were a good group. We didn't really see much of each other when we were actually in the venue. Um, but day one, I had kind of spent a lot of time in the tent. There was this artist from... Uh, greater Seattle area, I believe, or Portland area, um, named Manatee Commune, who had gotten huge. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And he was playing in the tent that night, and an artist he had featured in a song who I only knew through that one song, Flint Eastwood, was also playing in the tent, and then Bonobo was playing after, and so I was just in the tent, and I met this guy, um, uh, and yeah, we just chilled the whole time, front row. I was in the front row of the tent. That year, they had put these cool orbs that went up and down in oh, the nice. ceiling ceiling of the tent, which made the environment in the tent like so different and so much fun. And I just jammed out in the tent the majority of the night. Um, and Manatee Commune put on one of one of the greatest shows I've seen as well. It was just such a sweet show, uh, super intimate again, and it was. It was right where it was getting dark, but the sunset kind of, because the way the tent faces towards the sunset was beaming into the tent. It just created this amazing atmosphere. Nice. And uh, yeah, just an amazing, amazing night there. I remember that one forever. Um, and then, yeah, I did check out a bit of LCD sound system. The next day was 21 Pilots headliner, which I'm a 21 Pilots fan. Um, I know they're pretty popular and like some people like them, some people don't. However, unfortunately for this festival's sake, because of the ticket sales being so low, um, a few months before the festival, Sasquatch announced that they were going to do day sales. So um, they just sold, like you could just oh, buy one individual for Friday days. or just buy one for Saturday or just mm. buy one for Sunday. So because of this low sales tickets and them doing that, I think there's a lot of younger kids and their parents that wanted to go see 21 pilots so probably a lot of like the seattle spokane area people did that and there was this weird vibe of a shit ton of kids that weird. camped out all day at that stage just so that they could be close for 21 pilots <laughs> and it was weird because for those who haven't been to a music festival you generally see quite intoxicated people you see high people, you see throwing up people. Naked people. Uh, 
naked people, <laughs> and you still kind of had that. Um, and you had the Karens of the world just yelling at people because they were smoking too close to them and their kids, which I, I respect. But Yeah, well, we'll get just, up and move then. But yeah, exactly. And it's also <laughs> like you're choosing to bring your kid to this kind of environment. Like, so yeah, it was, exactly. It was it weird. Means the environment needs to conform to that. However, when the lights went out and you didn't see that and you were just at the show, the show was fucking fantastic. 21 Pilots headlined all the major festivals that year and they had never been headliners before. So they kind of did a really good job of like, how can we up our game to that level where like we appear to be like a true headliner? So they pulled out all the cards, man. It was an amazing show. Nice. I've been able to see them a couple times, and, and yeah, a, a great show. I also seen MGMT that that day, which was cool, this nostalgia. That'd be cool to see them, yeah. I was front row for our Kells, um, met them afterwards, got them to sign the set list that I also got from them, which was pretty cool. Seen Blitz and Trapper that day, too, which is a, a kind of a nostalgia band that, that would be me, sweet, you yeah. and me had listened to. Only knew a couple songs, but... Then Chance the Rapper was performing um, uh, more from Coloring Book, which is still one of my, like, as much as I'm not a big Chance guy as much anymore, I still enjoyed Coloring Book compared to his latest album. Um, so it was good to see that. And he still played his his big hits from Acid Rap, seen Fantagram, Rufus the Soul, July Talk, um, and the shins that day as well nice i heard july talks sick live yeah and then that summer i had also went to one love which this year they combined with the popular edm festival called chasing summer to do the friday as one love and the saturday sunday as chasing summer um you weren't with me at this one were you um no i, I believe so from my memory no, was, no, I only went to the one. I one went love. to One Love by myself. And then I... Ryan met me in Calgary the next day. I was staying with a few of our friends, and Ryan met me the next day in Calgary, and then came for... Uh, I believe it was the Saturday, Sunday, like just the chasing summer part. Which I remember was a, that's a weird, funny story in itself. He he was partying the Friday before and then lost his debit card. Oh no! <laughs> and then, and then came up. Yeah, it was it was a weird time, but it was special. <laughs> um, so yeah, the one love was great for me. Disappointing for a lot of people. Um, Migos were supposed to headline and they canceled the day up. Um, which yeah, that's unfortunate. But I was there for Anderson Talk, which he was awesome really enjoyed his set that would be sick um wale was good too i i i don't know a whole lot of riz's solo stuff but i just know him from routine and and that he was an interesting set as well and then the two days of electronic music was just a bunch of electronic music but i did get to see some of my all-time favorites in elenium and then not that i'm a big tiesto fan but i was so taken away by how awesome uh, tiesto set was he did this remix of the killers um and it was it was just a, a memorable show for sure nice um, this show we were at both at and this was a fun show from what i remember i feel like more so for you guys than me just because i think i was driving for the show but we went to alt j with bishop briggs at the the big four building in Calgary. yeah and 
and from what I remember, you, Char, and Ryan were completely fucked out of your gourds, but I, I was stone scold stover for this one, I think. Stone scold stover. Stone scold snowmer. Oh, jeez, I just smacked my mouth. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, do you remember much of the show? Um, I'm trying to think. The Tash one? Uh, Is that all J. Oh, the Alt J one. Oh, the Alt J one. Yeah, that one was, that one was something else. I don't even remember who opened for that one, but uh, I was just breaks. I was just struck by like I don't know Alt J is another one of those ones where it's pretty obvious when they get pretty high energy, but as someone again like the rap and hardcore guy that if it's more slow paced music a lot of the time I get bored. I've been getting better with that. But yeah. Alt J was one of those ones where it's like, see, there's been many bands like this. Actually, Lord Heron is one of them as well. Where it's not until I see them performing it live that I appreciate the like musicianship and the technicality and like the actual skill involved in playing with it. Like if you're not just shredding, doing metal shit, it's not as obvious to me. Um, yeah. Like the artistry involved, but yeah, like I remember um, seeing them that it was just like, holy shit, these guys are talented <laughs> yeah and i remember the stage setup being really cool with these light bars and then like they were very much divided to like the three sections for mm-hmm. three of them but all leveled with each other usually like one of the band it's like all tiered like the drummers yeah. in the back i remember the drummer was like middle singer middle bass and piano middle like they were all just it's on each side yeah uh, yeah it, i remember that being really cool no it was that was a really cool show and then a month after that we seen uh, Odessa with Casbo at uh, the Primo <laughs> Center, and I do have a. Wasn't somebody else there too? Wasn't um. Oh yeah, Sophie. Tucker. Sophie Tucker, yes, that was a cool. So my story on this one—it's not quite to the extent of the story, but I just like the way it sounded—is the Odessa overdose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I I ate a weed cookie before this show. And uh, it was homemade, so there was no way of knowing how much was in it. And boy, did it fuck me up. <laughs> uh, like, too much. I, I've really never done edibles since, to be honest. <laughs> it broke me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it was an amazing show. Uh, just for the story context, it went Casbo and then, or no, it went Sophie Taco, Casbo, Odessa. I feel, like, I feel like Sophie Tucker is in the middle. Okay. So, Casbo. So, Casbo was great. I knew Casbo. He's signed for the same label as Odessa, uh, Foreign Family. And um, I was just on the come up then. Like, I wasn't I wasn't too bad. So, I enjoyed Casbo. I knew the music. Um, and then he, he went off. And I remember I went to go buy a shirt, a merch. And as I'm in the line for the merch, like, I'm just starting to freak out. Like, I'm like, I'm not doing too good <laughs> and um then sophie tucker comes out i meet up with you guys and i don't know a fucking thing about sophie tucker um but for those who don't know them they're, they're great i actually heard yeah, quite a few of their songs pretty now. good danceable shit um man. but something about them and and i do know they have like some weird like they kind of the one voice is, is a bit strange yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, it was fucking with me because I was losing my shit. 
I uh, just was not into it, and it, for some reason I was blaming my anxiety around my high based off of the band themselves and the music they were playing. Mm-hmm. And I remember I turned to Ryan, and I was like, dude, like we should get out of the crowd. Like, I'm, uh, like, I'm not digging this. And and he's like, really? Like, you guys aren't digging that? And I was like, yeah, I know Kale wants to leave too. And, <laughs> and then he's like, oh, okay. And then... I turn to you and I'm like, dude, like we should go in the back. Like I'm not really digging this. Ryan's not digging it either. He's like, oh really? And then so we all leave, and we're all just chilling in the back, just like way out of the crowd. And and then you're like, man, I was like digging that a lot. Like that was awesome. And then Ryan's like, wait, I was digging that too. Yeah. And you guys totally just blew my bullshit fucking story. Yeah. Why did you leave? Like, you wanted to leave? No, you wanted to leave. Like, no. Uh, Oh, Cam wanted to And leave. then eventually, and I think it was once Odessa came out. It was. Because I remember Odessa's set, but I, I, I mean, I was still... Yeah, really I was sick. Out. They had that drum line going. And... Oh, God, man. That 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 show, and I, I don't even think it was necessarily the state I was in. In some ways, I wish I wasn't in that state because I think I would remember it a bit more. But I still, like, when I listen to that drum set um from a moment apart going into that song and then that peak where everything went gold yeah i forgot i still get chills through my entire body man like it's just like oh i remember you like saying like with the lasers that were pointing down like it was like (laughs) like oh it was an amazing show like an amazing show and for a shitty fucking venue because i'm not a big bmo center fan or big four building building fan no they're just the audio quality isn't great. The ceiling's really low, which is another reason I didn't like love it. I think BMO's better than Big Four, but yeah, that's that show. And that I think a little bit. Yeah, the BMO's a little bit better. Um, is twenty eighteen for me. Oh um, boy, you got anything about twenty eighteen? No, I'm not sure actually. Not really, no. Nothing that jumps by. I'm trying to think of when the one uh, Every Time I Die show I went to was, but that was when my, that was my only my only solo show experience. But right, I remember freaking out too, like, oh my god, this is gonna be so lame on my own. But that's still probably one of the best shows I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Easily. No, I get it, man. It, it forces you out of your comfort zone, I think, which I think is a huge, huge. Thing. I think it helps, but also because then you don't have to like really worry about is anybody else having a good time. Like I was just yeah. losing my mind in the middle. Yeah, of the crowd I guess you didn't have me word. <laughs> pull yeah. you out of the crowd. Um, still, so, I guess just for my coolest concert experience, that's still it. Probably is that one there. They were playing Floater near the end of their show, and I was like right up on the barricade, and I'm just like I've been listening to that album since like fucking grade eight, so. I, every word just burned into my DNA, so I'm just screeching every line, and all of a sudden I like have my eyes closed, and then I open my eyes, and fucking Keith Buckley from Every Time I Die is like looking at me, and he has the microphone on my face, and I'm just like, oh, and then I just start screaming it, and like hear my voice coming back through the system. It was the most fucked up surreal experience, but <laughs> that's it was so, so awesome. sick. Um, yeah, no, that's that that. I, I've, I've never had that. Like, I remember touching, like, Bronson and Danny and stuff in those shows where we got closer, but I've never had, like, a microphone experience. That's pretty like, cool. Like, definitely, like, I was obviously screaming loud enough that he could hear me yelling over the monitors of their music. Like, he yeah. could tell that I was just fucking belting it and, like, looks here, fucking have that, or buddy. <laughs> so, in 2018, um, 
we returned to the McEwen Hall for the first time in forever. Oh, see yeah. Port- Portugal the Man's sh- solo show. That was sweet. I, yeah, it was a really good show. I remember we were late. Like, we didn't even see the opener. No, yeah. Um, which I remember you said it was like an artist that was quite recommended to you. Yeah, I can't remember who it was now, but... It's like something like uh, Eldorado or something like Oh, Waldorado? Maybe that's what it was. I think so. Um, yeah, I remember that being a pretty cool show. It was it was kind of when they blew up with that one song. Uh, oh, yeah, when Feel It's Still Finally Gonna Big. Yeah. yeah, when Feel It's Still Blew Up. And then a few months later, we seen Queens of the Stone Age with Royal Blood at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome, which was actually my very first show at the Saddle Dome on the floor. Which was oh, cool. yeah. It was a cool experience. Fun. I had been to the Saddle Dome a few times for other shows, more so in my childhood. Um, but being on the floor was was something that you always dreamed of when you For like there. a real rock show? Yeah. yeah. It was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. It was a cool show. And then that, that my birthday. Year, um, oh, yeah. Right. I totally remember that now. Yeah, it was fun. And... Why am I remembering this? Didn't, didn't wasn't there some funny birthday thing with that show? Yeah, it was something like somebody kept somebody else kept screaming it's my birthday, and then nope. Yeah. Oh, it's it's also what's it's also it's Josh Homie's birthday. Yes. Is it not? Yes. Right. So then they we sang Happy Birthday for Josh Homie, but it almost felt as though we were singing yes, Happy that's Birthday what it was. for you. Yes, I, I remember, remember that. Yeah. The whole stadium to sing Happy Birthday. I was like, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> I was like, I feel like I remember something that happened regarding your birthday with that. Yeah, that was but, yeah. cool. I forgot about that because I didn't know it was his too, so. Yeah. Uh, and then Sasquatch that year was our solo Sasquatch year, just the two of us. Just the mm-hmm. two of us. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a cool year because I remember like the experience as a whole. We were like, let's, let's take it slow. Let's drive to just Spokane for a night, which we had a fucking amazing time in yeah. Spokane. Like, I'll always remember that night in Spokane. I remember we didn't really know what the fuck we were doing. We just kind of wanted to go to a couple touristy locations. We went down. Um, yeah, I remember we, yeah, we, well, we, first of all, we bought a couple uh, pre-rolls and then <laughs> we smoked them in a park or <laughs> a fucking monument. <laughs> yeah, some fucking war memorial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then we went down to this waterfall. We checked out the waterfall and then we were walking around downtown a little too late. We were realizing it was us and the homeless population of Spokane. So yeah. you're like, dude, you should get us to a, like a New York bar. And then I like looked up near, nearby bars, and there was this barcade, literally like a couple blocks down. So yeah, surprised you with that, and then we just chilled in there, drinking beers and playing Galaga. Yeah, yeah, oh, that was a great night. And then and then the festival itself was also um, an interesting year for the festival. I think it was a year where they tried to get, again, they kind of tried to get back to their roots a little bit. Um, looking at the lineup, like, it's kind of, in my opinion of what I like, a weaker lineup, but also, like, I take a lot from that year. Like, it was there were some really cool experiences. Yeah, for sure. Um, the biggest thing for me when I kind of discovered my love for the festival is it slowly became not about necessarily seeing your all-time favorite artists. As much as that's like a great privilege to have, it was also about the festival itself and the venue itself, especially with something like Sasquatch. And so yeah. it gave me a period of it's like, I don't even necessarily care about the lineup. Like I'm going to dedicate time to just break down this lineup, find new artists I want to see. And that's what I really, really did this year. And unfortunately, that was the last year of Sasquatch. Yeah. Um, But um, 
yeah, I remember I had no idea who Tash Sultana was. I looked her up because I was just looking to fill my days. It released the day-to-day kind of schedule, and I came across uh, her tiny desk, which I was very familiar with tiny desks, and I had never seen hers for whatever reason, and was just blown the fuck away. Yeah, she was like, dude, we got to go. Um, and yeah, then you kind of had some recommendations from Char and a few of you that you knew, and we just, we didn't necessarily see a whole complete set other than like some of the few, we just kind of bounced around, but it was awesome. I remember we got to see a part of David Byrne, which was pretty cool. Um, we seen part of Vince because we left for Tyler, which I also remember that Tyler being awesome as well, just because it was flower boy and. Yeah, I, I really, really connected back with Tyler again when he released Flower Boy. Um, because I, I fucking love that album. That's an amazing album. Um, and unfortunately, no, actually, I think we left Vince early for Tash. Because I think we had to leave Boney Vera early for Tyler. Which is probably this one of the saddest things for me. Yeah, I remember I, I didn't know much of Boney Vera, but that was a really fucking sweet... Yeah, I remember Sad. just loving it, and like we were both just like, "Fuck!" Like we don't want to go, but we know if we want a good spot for Tyler, we're going. Yeah, I remember we caught a snippet of Thundercat. Yeah, I like my like um, myself some Thundercat. Julian Baker and Jeff Rosenstock. I remember those two. That was it for day one. Uh, day two. I don't know what the big artist was day two because I don't have them written down. I think we had no real plans for day two. We were just going to kind of hop around. Not really, but... Um, we went to um, Spoon, I remember, a part of Spoon. Yeah, no, they're pretty cool. Um, and then we seen all of Magic Sword, which that was... That's like the a, one that jumps out to me, yeah. A gamble. Like, I didn't know much about them other than one song and was just blown away by just the whole entire set like everything about it was the nerdiest yet so goofy amazingest thing i've ever seen like it was so awesome yeah just synthy shreddy fucking Mm -hmm. and just like i remember like the whole intro dude yeah (laughs) shang zoom whatever the fucking mortal Kombat shows up yeah uh we seen polyrhythmics i think was like the first band we seen that day they were really cool i like me some brass grizzly bear yeah, and then I remember awesome. we just kind of ended the night and we seen Petite Biscuit and Jawolf, which are two artists I was quite familiar with. Uh, Jawolf also signed to Foreign Family, I believe. So, um, yeah, that was it was fun from what I remember. And John's in eighth grade. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then the last day we seen uh, like a pleasant surprise with Choir Choir Choir. A weird experience, but I, I had a lot of fun. It was fun, yeah. It's so, definitely like more interactive performance yeah. thing, but it was cool. It's these two dudes, and they just do a, essentially a choir with the crowd. They split the crowd up into a, sections, and then you get your parts, and you eventually perform the song as one. And they film it, and then they put it on their Facebook page. It was kind of fun. We did nice. uh, Chumbawamba, I Get Knocked Down, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. And... Yeah, and then there was, like, a lot of artists, like, I was familiar with. Like, we've seen too many zoos. Um, yeah, they're good. good no name. Too. Oliver was another electric uh, artist that I liked. 
We caught a bit of uh, Ray Lemontage, I think is how you pronounce it. Lemontane. Lemontane, okay. Lemontane. Lemontane. Typhoon, I remember really liking. I remember we were just going to go for a snippet, and then I was jamming it too, and we stayed for, I think, pretty much the whole set. And then uh, Toki Monster, and then ended it with Anderson Park. Yeah, fucking Park is so good. So good. I love... I love his shit. My second time seeing him, but he had blown up a lot since the first time, and sometimes that's for the greater, sometimes for the worse. For him, for that set was for the best. Like it was just a, it's such a good set, and yeah. I really got into bubbling right before that, and he oh, yeah. the set with that, and I just remember loving that. And then so from that Sasquatch, I remember we had this really like this year was such a weird that was a, like an amazing year for music for me um pemberton had also been canceled uh so there wasn't much for festivals but i kind of ventured out and i agree with you on the sense of kind of like what you were talking about with those alt j's those kind of shows where you just like it's not necessarily like something you think of when you think live music but you appreciate it so much more when you see it Mm-hmm. And that's what I experienced with Tash Altana, man. I, I had this, like, yeah. I don't know, like this weird emotion when I seen Tash Altana that was just, it, I left that show just kind of stunned. And then I, I, I was like, I have to show everyone this person. <laughs> like, yeah. you're, you're missing out if you do not know Tash Altana. And then lucky for me, I had the opportunity to see her three other times that year. <laughs> um, which is crazy. Four times, four art, four times in one year, for one single artist, and she's from the other side of the fucking world. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, literally like weeks after that, she was a surprise guest artist announced for some Aurora Cannabis promotion show at the Palace Theater, and you had to be selected to get tickets. And we all entered the draw, and most of us got selected, so we all got to go. And it was a great show. We kind of got in a weird little spot where we were, like, above the stage, like, over top of it. Oh, okay. Those balconies? Yeah, I wasn't there. You weren't? No, I didn't get to go. I think I was working or something. Oh, right. It was, I think it was me, Rain, and, and Ryan and, and Tegan. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we went to that, and it, it was a phenomenal show. Uh, really good show. I, I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, and then I seen her again at Edmonton Folk Festival, where I got to see Lord Huron, and I 100% agree with you on the Lord Huron thing. Yeah, Lord Huron, as an artist, I checked out a bit because you guys had recommended. And I was like, oh, I like these guys. Um, and then they had gotten bigger over time, just through their um, weirdly more so they got big by like putting their music into movies and stuff like that. Like they were. In, yeah, I feel like they're in every fucking. Thirteen reasons why, right? So I think that blew them up a bit. They were amazing though. Yeah, it was a that was a terrible summer for forest fires and it was so fucking smoky, but the venue at where Edmonton Folk Festival is held views perfectly on to downtown Edmonton and it was like hazy and like the sun had set. It was just a great experience to see Lord Huron. Um, I got to see Tash Latana again, the Decemberists. Um, it was it was it was a really good show. Um. And then 2018, after that, we, I think, were you at Greta Van Fleet? Yeah, I came to that. That one was pretty fun. Yeah, it was a fun show. Another BMO Center show, which, again, I've said my complaints about BMO Center. I'm not a huge fan, yeah. but 
They're interesting in that, like, all of a sudden they were super big for, like, a summer. Because it was like, oh, it sounds just like Led Zeppelin. And everybody's loving it. And then after a while, we're like, oh, they sound just like Led Zeppelin. <laughs> like, yeah. we're going to just, like, get, stop giving a shit. But... I like and respect them. I think they're very talented. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> it kind of yeah. wore off after a while. It was pretty fun. But, or actually, that show, I remember, <laughs> not so to be familiar with Calgary for this to matter, but. I remember we lived in like Bankview area and we decided we were going to walk home from the saddle though. And we like almost made it home. We walked all the way down 17th Avenue and we literally made it to 14th and like looked up the hill. It would only have been like a 15 minute walk. But we were like, oh, we got like a fucking $6 Uber just to take us up the hill. <laughs> Worth it. Yeah, very. Uh, yeah, I, I can't, I, I, I think I went, I can't even remember that. I drove back to Claire or someone after that show. And then, yeah, like a, not even a month later, we've seen Tash again. Mm-hmm. She toured again for her uh, new album at the Grey Eagle Casino, which is an amazing venue. Yeah, it was, was a great venue. show. And that you are at, I totally remember you at that one. Yeah, I, <laughs> so. I don't know if you remember being at that one. But. Oh, I very much remember. I, that's another one where she was just incredible because the way that she like re, like builds her tracks through loops and stuff like that. But then she kind of had these, like, kind of, like, musical motifs that she'd fall back on in the way that it, like, it almost made the whole show feel like one long song. It does, yeah. Like, it, it never stopped. You, she would just kind of return to these kind of, like, little phrases that she would just kind of use to stitch the songs together. And, yeah, it made for quite the uh, psychedelic experience. It was fucking wild. And what I appreciate, too, is that for someone who's seen her multiple times, doing what she did with that, I think she tries to make it a bit different every time, too. So it feels like a bit of a different show. Well, it probably does because she's just kind of jamming. Like, she's yeah. just kind of, like, improvising so you can never get the same show twice, which is a risk, but it pays off. And, like, a multi-instrumentalist, like, she was, she plays everything from guitar yeah, to a trumpet drum machine to... to a flute to... A banjo, I believe, or oh, yeah. yeah, like it was just like unreal. And I remember that too because that's not long after the legalization. I think that's the first concert that I've ever been to that there's a separate weed smoking pit outside next to the cigarette smoking pit. <laughs> oh, you see, yeah, I didn't participate. It's one of the first so. times I can remember. That was the first time I remember going to a public event and having there be like an official policy regarding your weed usage. Whereas that's before cool. it was kind of just like an unspoken thing. But that was the first time I remember seeing signs. You're like, hey, you want to smoke a joint? Go over here. <laughs> um, what was it? Uh, Keep the grass on the grass. That's what it was. <laughs> oh, my God. So then we went to um, 20, or I went to 21 Pilots in Edmonton, uh, which was a great show. Like I said before, they put on an amazing show. And nice. not much more to say about that one. Just it was a good show. And, that, and then that's kind of when... Uh, my time, I had gotten a new job, I'd moved and priorities had changed. And so I, I, I seen, I got to see our Kells at, uh, whoop up days, which I guess I was with you guys when we seen, uh, a different day. What day did we, I go, I went to whoop the days twice. I went with you guys to see, oh, uh, we saw Sam Roberts, Sam Roberts, Sam right. Roberts band, fuck. and then I went with Logan and her sister, both sisters and their boyfriends uh we went to our which was awesome nice. I, like, I like our so 
Yeah, they're tight. They're a band that I never really gave a shit about. But when I went and saw them at uh, Saddledome and Lord Huron opened up, I went for Lord Huron, but I ended up having a good time in Arkells too. So. Oh, I, I literally just missed that. I have that on here. <laughs> on oh. February 19th, yeah. Right before 21 Pilots, yeah. Forgot Arkells, Lord Huron. That yeah, was a great show. Cool. That, that was, was a cool experience too. I remember we had left the show and we were all trying to get a cab and or Uber and oh, it yeah. wasn't happening. And we swindled this limo driver down to pretty cheap if we all pitched in and we got a limo after the show. Yeah, it was sick. Just drove around drinking in the limo. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the last show, which, again, probably one of my favorite show. I also loved his new album. Um, and I, it was like, I, I got to go with Logan to Arkells, but this was like, seeing colors both of our artists. So, like, Nice. It had way more importance. We had great seats, and the last show that we've been to, unfortunately, but uh, City in Color, Scotiabank Saddledome, November thirteenth, twenty eighteen. Fuck, I, I guess yeah, that would have been my probably last concert too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was probably not long after that, that the old virus started spreading through Wuhan, ready to change everybody's life. So, yeah, unfortunately, um, yeah, it was. It was a good show, though. I remember yeah. that opener was fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I still can't remember his name. Fuck. I don't think I'll be able to either. But he was unreal. He had ones... He did a... He did a... A cover of a, of a Coldplay song, which I enjoyed. And then he did his own song. And it was like... Fucking the crowd was like tears, man. It was like emotional. Like it's fuck. Nice. Uh, yeah, and City and Color was amazing as always. He had his newest album out then, which yeah, I quite enjoyed his new album. Because that's probably, that's what he, yeah, he had a band at that point, right? It yeah, it was for uh, Pill for Loneliness. I think mm-hmm. the name of that album. But yeah, that that is essentially my timeline for live music. Yeah, pretty much a run through of mine too. Like, we, like you said, we've been at most of them together, but throwing a few other metal shows here and there, that's pretty much all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I haven't been to a metal show in so long. I, I, if it was the right artist, I'd consider. I, I regret not getting to go to. That was the last show that I could have gone. To. I remember February of 2020 was Alexis on Fire in Calgary. Oh yeah, yeah, I would have done that. And I, I would have loved. I was wanting to go to that. But yeah, that's. I don't know. I, that's pretty much it for me. Um, I feel like along the way we kind of talked about our favorite shows. Like, I don't know if we need to summarize. Yeah, pretty much. Not really. Like, kind of the ones that I got most excited about are the ones I'll remember forever. Like, mm-hmm. it is so much of it is like obviously it comes down to the performers and stuff. But again, so much of it is the experiences around it, and I think that's why festivals are uh, so special. Is because you're devoting the whole weekend to music. It's not just the evening kind of thing. Like. Yeah. You're making memories with the people you go with and the ones that you hang out to discuss it with after and stuff like that. Like, And it's it's weird. Like, It becomes so normalized. And I don't want to sound like super weird, but I kind of almost took it for granted in some ways. Like, It's just gone. Like, I just, yeah. It's something I can't even do anymore, and it's crazy. Like, like Even if you I'm, wanted to. I'm really looking forward to even just doing this online concert. I think it will give some sort of satisfaction. It'll be a fun night. And, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's... no, it's such a bummer, man. Like, and I'm wondering too, because like, 
all these structures, like the industry was set up with a lot of just like small venues and stuff like that. And uh, I know we've talked about it before, but even if we do kind of get back to a normal, which whatever that looks like, which I just kind of more and more doubt is everywhere to happen. That infrastructure isn't just going to pop up again overnight again. You know, like it took years to build it. It's going to take years to build it back. So it's kind of a bummer that. Yeah, no, it'll probably be just bigger, big like shows. I imagine for the longest time. Yeah, I think like that kind of mid-range stuff is going to be gone. You're going to only have the big Live Nation, huge two hundred dollar a ticket stadium sellers. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have your local regional bands at the bars. Like I think that's kind of. I remember that too. I, I I mean, this got canceled, but I remember Rage Against the Machine. I, I, I have a bad taste in my mouth for those motherfuckers Same. because of their tour. The tickets were two hundred and fifty dollars to minimum, and then they had tickets that were, I believe, in the five hundreds to six hundreds, yeah. where they claimed a part of it went to charity. Didn't make the ticket itself different. It just no. made it so it was easier accessible to people with more money, and you get to feel that you're giving a part of it to charity. You're making it a difference. Fucking so. bullshit. Like, and I don't know, especially knowing like what they've kind of represented in the past. I'm like, fuck you, assholes. I know, like, me too. It, it definitely left like a terrible taste in my mouth because it's and, like, and I, I like Rage. Don't get me wrong, but probably a good portion of me was also wanting to go see Run the Jewels open for them again. Mm-hmm. Which. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously the concert never ended up happening, but it was. Weird. Yeah, and like that was the thing too. Is I kind of wanted to be principled and be like, "Fuck that, I'm not going then." But then, I don't know. It's interesting how many people are like, "Well, oh, come on, it's not their fault. It's like they don't get to choose the ticket price," which is like, "Yeah, sure, probably." But again, like I just not going to spend that kind of money to fucking. <laughs> well, I also kind of wonder too. Like, is this going to mean like for those bigger shows, are tickets going to increase even more now? Probably. Again, especially if they don't have the competition of, like, smaller venues to have to compete against. It's just, like, they can charge whatever the fuck they want, basically. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping, like, with venues that are funded properly from, like, other resources that will be able to survive this. Like, I I, I follow, like, the Palace Theater, for example. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're something that's going to make it through this. I hope they're able to get on track. It's a great venue. And they do get a lot of artists I generally enjoy. Yeah. Something like McEwen Hall, too, will benefit by the fact that it's in a university. Right? Yeah, I think that'll university. help. Things like the Jube and, like, universities and stuff like that will be fine. So, I don't know. There'll be an element that it, it, it's going to change things for sure. And it's going to take a while to remember. But I have hope. Festivals are a weird thing, too. Like, I, I, I don't even know. Yeah. Happen. Who knows, man? I mean, those are already kind of like a thing that we're getting monopolized slowly too with like Live Nation and stuff, so. Yeah. We'll have to see. Yeah. But yeah, I think, what, wrap it up? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's a fun little retrospective. and Yeah, it reminded me how much I miss live music, so. Absolutely, yeah. Here's hoping that we get it back in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, soon enough anyways, but that's uh, another episode in the books um, yeah and i mean for community engagement if you're watching this far fucking leave us some stories in the comments of any of your favorite live music experiences but yeah no i would i always like hearing people's concert tales mm-hmm. tell us your top 
top shows or just even name a few that you've been to or ones that you've went to that we were also at too would be cool but and i mean if you're listening feel free to share like and subscribe we definitely would love to get a little bit of a, a larger audience on these it helps motivate us to keep pushing and um yeah we enjoy making them so Sure thing. And uh, yeah, I plugged this last week, but for those who don't know, we're, we're, we are on pretty much most platforms where you listen to um, podcasts. We're still mm-hmm. not on Apple Podcasts, I don't think, though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have to do that manually or. Yeah, I'm not too sure what's going on with that one. But that's all right. Spotify is where it's at, anyways. So yep. check Get us on out there. on the old Spotify. Give us a follow and a like. And um, yeah, stay tuned. We got some new shit planned for the next few weeks here so we will see you next week sounds good have a good one peace